Hello, this is Tabu Winslow Mars, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency and author. Let's play ball and win. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Confronting Goliath, a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. Today, our genuine discussion is about the Goliath of some pitfalls of social media on businesses. Today, I have with me Kevin Hallstock, CEO of Web Immerse LLC. I was researching and I found, I came across a nice article from Walker and Sands, um, and they are, and it's called, it's actually called Four Common Pitfalls of Social Media for Businesses. It says that social media for businesses can serve as an extraordinary tool for driving web traffic, conversations, lead generation, and valuable customer interactions. Despite the potential, the, the effectiveness of social media outreach is often blunted by common mistakes and misconceptions leading some firms to conclude that social media is simply about vanity metrics. When leveraged correctly, however, social media can generate revenue and valuable customer insights. According to our findings, it says, social media drives nearly twice as many leads and enjoys a 13% higher conversation rate conversion rate than trade shows, direct mail, pay-per-click campaigns, and telemarketing. Additionally, effective social media campaigns provide access to valuable customer insights and play an important role in the firm's marketing research. And they go on to say that the four common pitfalls, pitfalls of social media to businesses is treating social media like your company website, making your brand voice a secondary priority, posting identical content on different networks, failing to track, failing to track um, results. And that was, like I said, from Walker Sands, and it was called, that article was called Full Common Pitfalls of Social Media for Businesses. Welcome, Kevin, to Confronting Galalas. Thank you for joining us today. Can you um, share with me and my listeners how long you've been in the technology industry and about your business? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Taboo. Good to be here and uh, have this discussion with you. I've been in the technology industry formally since 2001 uh, when I co-founded my company, uh, Web Immerse, we focused on uh, web development primarily. Back at that time, it was a post.com bubble and people were still trying to figure out uh, how to use the web and how to use it effectively. I mean, that, that pursuit continues today. And I feel like it's like dog years for every year. Things change so quickly. But that's part of what we'll talk about today. But other than that, I mean, I remember building my first web page in high school, as early as high school, and I did some consulting uh, my senior year in college. Um, and my exposure to technology 
uh, happened along the way, even though I wasn't, I guess, formally in the industry. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that, Kevin. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? It was close. <laughs> Can you it's say a, it? It's a uh, hail stock. So it's like hail a cab and stock like Wall Street. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was almost there. I tried. I tried. I said, I hope I don't screw this up tonight. <laughs> I've been. I, I, I practiced before. I before we got on. I was like, okay, I need to make sure I say his name correct. <laughs> that is that is one of my galalas is making sure I pronounce pronounce people's name correct. Anywho, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Do a business, big or small, need a website and social media presence? And why would you say so? I think many people would give a stark yes to that, a, an emphatic yes to that. Um, but of course, it depends on the business. But I, I, the way I would put it is that most businesses could certainly uh, benefit from having a website or that it might be something that they need to seriously address. Of course, every business may not need one or it may not be mandatory but uh, the cases of those are maybe fewer and farther between especially nowadays and it's definitely something that can be uh, taken advantage of or should be thank you why should a small business not treat social media like a company website Ah, well, that's a, that's a good question and uh, a darn good thing to discuss. As I look at how things have progressed on the web and how we've all been educated about effective ways, uh, more effective ways of having a website, is progressed from, for example, being a brochure to trying to look, you know, big and mighty-er than, than you might be. In other words, every, every, not every company, but most companies used it as an opportunity to look like a very big company, no matter how small they were. But just like how you use your website has progressed, social media has progressed as well both of them are closer to done well being more of a conversation with your target audience with with your desired prospects and hopefully ultimately your customers uh, existing and the ones you hope to create in the in the near future so a conversation, and what I mean by that is, is really a, a, a two-way engaging your target audience into becoming more and more interested in what you do. And hopefully there's some feedback or two-way exchange. Okay. Okay, thank you. Why is it important to create a personality for your business? 
that was I when I read that um, in this walk-in sense, I was like a personality. Um, I'm not sure what that means. It says on here that the primary goal at a, of a social media for businesses is to create a personality that resonates with your audience and stays consistent across social platforms. What are you? Yeah. What is your your take on that? Yeah, sounds like branding to me. Um, and I think that branding extends to any anywhere a prospect or a customer sees you, hears your message, is exposed to your brand, and uh, with social media, that can happen at a greater rate and you can you have the ability even beyond the web to get exposed to potentially millions of people uh, through different avenues so the authentic authenticity is what i think about is one of the strongest things i can think about as far as differentiating you from other competitors or other companies that are in your industry, other specialists, and and should be leveraged by companies. And authenticity may almost be a non-negotiable, especially nowadays, because I think there's just different standards now. As we have more access to information, more exposure, I think there's been a, a natural tendency to value authenticity more and more. And so it's, it's almost a non-negotiable. And speaking in your own voice is just one of the ways that either your message is going to flop or resonate. Hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way because when I thought of personality, I was like, personality I didn't I didn't tie personality branding I I I I put branding onto a on a on another side I when I thought of personality I do I really wasn't too sure what they were talking about when they said personality I'm like hmm they talking about branding I mean I didn't think I just didn't put those two together so yeah, that's why I was glad I'm glad you 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 summarized what you think that they're talking about because I really did not tie personality to branding. Yeah, and I, and I jumped to authenticity, but another way that uh, personality, using directly that term, personality could be about engagement and being interesting enough to attract attention and somebody interacting at hmm. a level that you would want to. Uh, but it also could be uh, related to the same things as authenticity, making you stand out and differentiate your, yourself, your company as mm -hmm. well. Okay, I'm glad you explained that because I really I hadn't tied that. I I hadn't even I hadn't even tied it to authenticity either. But I'm glad you explained that. Why is failing to track results important? And what is the be what is the best um, ways to do that as a small business? or a business owner that wants to get to the next level in business and they have this massive website, why is it important for them to keep a track of the, of the results? And what does the results tell us? 
Yes. So this <laughs> actually relates to a. I don't know if pet peeve is is the right term, but、um, it is definitely an area that people can fall down. And sometimes you'll hear comments、uh, from people in businesses that have a negative opinion about the effectiveness of things like social media. And I believe strongly that the people forgetting to track or neglecting it outright is at the root of、um, some of those bad feelings or actual in- ineffectiveness,、uh, lack of results with social media, or. <laughs> They just don't know because nobody is tracking it, or you're not tracking the right things.、Um, so just, tell us a, a few of the right things that we should be tracking from my websites、um, or other social media sites to help a, a, a business owner or a,、um, a company that may want to get to the next level. Yeah. So specifically for social media, if you've never done or if you've never done a social media audit. Or had one done for you. That's definitely something that would be a step in the right direction. It's when we run social media campaigns,、uh, even digital advertising, paid advertising campaigns. That would be a place that we usually start because we take an inventory of how many followers you have now. That allows you to set your sights on, for example, how many followers you want to get to, and then how you're going to bridge the gap. It lets you know the type of effort that you have in front of you,、uh, and what tools may be most appropriate or strategies to use to get to that desired goal.、Uh, the good news is that there are numerous tools to do several different. Go about several different ways of tracking, and to track different things. There are different numbers beyond the followers. Followers would be actually a statistic that would be close to what I heard earlier from the article, which was vanity metrics.、Mm-hmm. And that's that's、uh, so. There could be many ways of saying it. One of the Uh, more amusing ways and clear-cut ways that I've heard it is that you know followers may not pay your bills. <laughs>、uh, what, what you know likes likes either. So I am I am wholly against just chasing vanity metrics, vanity numbers, numbers that、uh, can also be potentially manipulated. And still not be tied to actual results. But how do you know if you're getting the results? Is by the actual, you know, tracking and analysis of the numbers that you track. And what do they say? You know, what gets measured grows, increases. I would, I would definitely agree with that as well. 
Thank you. Do you agree that posting identity identity mm, mm. posting I can read my own handwriting. Do you agree that posting identity um, identified content different um, no by posting uh, posting different content on different networks are important and why <laughs> across different um, social media accounts. <laughs> yeah. So what I think about, and, and I'm with you on the reading your own handwriting. <laughs> goodness knows people tell me I have doctor's handwriting or, or architect's handwriting. I don't know which one is a bigger insult, but that's uh, having an architecture degree. But yes, what I think about when I hear that I haven't seen the article, but I what I think about is cultural differences between networks. So you, it wouldn't be the best move in all scenarios to post the direct same thing unedited from one network, meaning uh, Facebook to YouTube or Facebook to Instagram, uh, Snapchat, TikTok. They have different cultures, different ways of being, different ways that things are relayed, put across, said, or presented. So one might be image, you might wanna use images, another one you'd be, You'd be hard pressed not to use a video, um, and even different ways of of speaking, like Twitter verse, uh, which we all know had has always had a character limit um, versus other networks. It, things come across in a different way. They have a different feel to them. They might have different posting frequency and different just said or unsaid rules well that's good to hear um they did mention that most of your clientele your customer base usually follow you on different platforms they don't normally if they're a twitter person they might have twitter and instagram if they have facebook they might have facebook and instagram and not have a twitter and he did say that it was good to pay posts post similar items on the on the different platforms but tweak them like you said to to mirror the characteristic of that platform yeah so yeah, i I, I wanted to hear your take on that thank you do you think it is good is a good thing to onboard a designated staff to manage your business content on all platforms, websites, and social media, and why? And who do you think would be a good fit for something like that? Yeah, that's actually what uh, companies hire us for often uh, to either run a specific campaign, like a launch campaign, or to take that being social media management off of their plate and that that includes content creation posting and and the maintenance of that process and the content 
so does it make sense? Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, entrepreneurs and business owners, teams have multiple hats to wear and we all need to optimize our processes and do what we do best and leave certain things to certain people. I'm definitely a fan of that. Uh, who otherwise could help? Uh, a lot of people have, a lot of people in teams have virtual assistants help with that type of thing. Um, a full-fledged social media team could even split out the graphics creation, the video production, heck, even the copywriting or the writing of the actual messages. Um, so there are several ways to approach it, but um, yeah, definitely a fan of delegating and having team members focused on things like content creation and the actual management of the process otherwise. When do you see a entrepreneur, when do you think it's best for someone to to onboard somebody like that or to reach out to a consultant to do it? Yeah, great question. Uh, all relative for sure, but uh, the instances where we see that it makes the most sense is when they know they could be doing a lot more they're not taking advantage of opportunity or they're just to say it in one way dropping the ball when you say opportunity or dropping ball explain to my listeners what are you talking about yeah so a business owner or a company uh that knows they haven't posted at the frequency that they want to or they're not, they're not doing it at all, or um, it's something that they like to add to their repertoire to reach their goals, things like that. Um, or it's just become an obstacle to them, things like that. Thank you. Now, I know a few business owners who all they have is a website. They have not joined the ranks of social media at all. No Twitter, no Facebook, no, I mean, nothing. <laughs> um, they might have a, they might be on a professional site like LinkedIn for recruitment of onboarding new employees, but no real other social media platform. What would be, what would be your suggestion when a business should reach um create um that other platform what what would you say to a business owner that only has a website when do you think that they should you know step into social media realm? yeah what's that saying um <laughs> the best time to plant a tree was some odd years ago, something like 20 years ago, <laughs> the, the next best time is, is right now. It's kind of that philosophy um, with the caveat, like it, you'd be hard pressed to make an argument for why somebody could not use social media, but <laughs> uh, done well um, or, or 
sort of done wholeheartedly. In other words, if they're going to neglect it, then then don't do it's, it. It's questionable whether, or not. <laughs> you know, of course you can you can reserve your kind of like your domain name for your website. You can reserve your social media handle, which is just the fancy name for your name on social media. Each platform you could. Uh, that's a good strategic move. So that's a reason to do something now so that somebody else doesn't get it or something that would confuse somebody uh, and you lose it. That's a good reason to reserve it at least. Um, putting up something might be better than nothing because you can slip your information into the bio at least and take advantage of having some free traffic find you on different platforms. Um, But the other motivating factor, the other impetus for somebody making the leap is usually when they're looking for more of their target audience, which I don't know who isn't, but (laughs) at the point that they're really looking around, like, where can I connect? you know, with who I want to get in front of. That's usually the uh, breaking point or the motivation for somebody stepping out of their comfort zone to connect on social media. Of course, the other thing that we work with, digital advertising campaigns, paid advertising campaigns, is a, can, can be seen as a shortcut as opposed to doing, uh, we call free social media, organic social media, where you don't have to pay to post, you know, or have a profile, as opposed to a paid advertising campaign. But if, so we call that, we usually call that organic social media. Well, somebody can do paid, non organic, paid advertising, paid social media posting, if you will instead of doing it every day or every week or every month on organic social media. So that's that's an option as well. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. What have you done to continue your growth and your business since you've started? I think you said it's, I guess, 10 years or 20 years now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, well, congratulations, uh, first of all. Congratulations that you've made it 20 years. So what gifts give us a little, um, tell us what you've done to grow your business and to make it 20 years. Yeah, thank you. Uh, paid advertising <laughs> was one of the, <laughs> you know, especially in these days, um, if you look at the statistics, online shopping, was one of the things that was catapulted forward several years, leapfrog several years in the trends uh, as far as usage, uh, how many people were doing it at what scale by the pandemic. Zoom meetings, would be, <laughs> online <laughs> meetings would be another one. Um, well, I think, you know, related to this conversation, digital marketing, social media included and paid advertising included would be another thing that 
became a lot more obvious as a solution to people or almost mandatory when we couldn't we could no longer do the in-person networking and other things that we we were so used to historically and you know same for us in that I'm a I, I, I came up professionally just doing uh, in-person networking and that, that was that was a primary means that we uh, built the business in the early days uh, into the 20 years <laughs> but uh, digital digital marketing online marketing paid advertising campaigns has, has been a favorite it's, it's one of the I think it's undeniably one of the ways to pour rocket fuel onto uh, something that's working mainly or figure it out. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. One suggestion or tip you would like to give to someone who have decided to start a business in your industry? Yeah, always be learning. Always be looking for what other people are doing successfully and make it your own. Very good, thank you. That's good. What has been one of your best client to business experience that you can share? For one of our clients? Mm-hmm, one of your best experiences. Yeah, what, what, so I had so many. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm grateful for that grateful for the people that we've attracted and the partners, clients, team members, that type of thing. Uh, one of my favorite stories, though, is is a recent one. And it's, it's related to the pandemic. Uh, one of my friends and uh, a current client has been the work we've done together to hear them put it the way that they put it was uh, they were able to not only maintain their lifestyle and livelihood through the pandemic one of the most awesome things I've, I've heard in a long time was that they actually looked up around the time of the, in the middle of the pandemic, while they were filling out some paperwork and did the math. And they actually noticed that things had gotten better in the, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of them having to cut back their in-person um, engagements. Business got better. And that was like one of the, that was that was great to hear great to be a part of and you know speaks to the type of impact that we want to have on all of our you know clients and their lives and we know how much business affects your personal life being our livelihood but that that's uh one of my favorites thank you thank you for sharing that kevin one last question for you if you could talk back to your yourself 20 years back, 
on your first day in your new business, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, that that could probably uh, that could probably go a few pages or minutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the one of the things that sticks out about me starting out, especially at 23 years old and being a year and a half out, out uh, grad after post graduation from undergrad is that I, I, you know, I joke and I realize that uh, it was all half just blind, blind courage and naivety. You know, now I realize why my parents kind of, uh, I probably added some gray hairs by telling them (laughs) I was jumping out on my own and gonna do my own thing. but one of the things that I give myself credit for doing right, that I had no idea how right I was doing it, was um, immediately looking for who could add to what I was doing and in plain terms, going and recruiting a co-founder was one of the smartest things I did immediately, um, reflexively that you know was one of the strongest moves I made um, at the beginning now those are not always easy to to make work um, you know some people compare it to a marriage yeah it's definitely a marriage when you have a partner <laughs> it really is <laughs> yeah and, and you know I, um, I've seen some good ones work out and I've seen some bad ones <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that that was I probably would have uh you know and 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 uh it didn't go well originally, but that was still one of the smartest things that I did from the outset. If anything, you know, knowing what I know now and uh, having all the experience I do now, it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, I would have gone into it differently. And I wouldn't have uh, been affected the way that I was when it did go south. But um, yeah, I was still. I would have. I would have reiterated and encouraged <laughs> myself to, even when it doesn't work out the way you want it to, that strategy is still an excellent one. For example, in 2022, I'm looking forward to doubling down on partnerships and doubling down on collaborations, joint ventures, that type of thing. And I did not know about all those different uh, types of partnerships. So, you know, there there can be levels to the marriage, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Different types of relationships beyond marriage, I guess would be more accurate. But uh, it would probably, but that, you know, that's a tough one because That's a lot to pack in. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on to my podcast today. Please become a listener supporter to my my listeners out there. 
Tune in next time to listen to a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. Let's play ball and win. This is Taboo Winslow Mars, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency and author. Thank you once again, Kevin. Can you please tell my listeners how to contact you? Yes. And what are they contacting you for? Oh, well, yeah, thanks for that. Um, Thanks for having me. And uh, I can be contacted on LinkedIn. Um, I've yet to run across somebody with my name. (laughs) So that should be an easy search. Um, Of course, Googling as well. Um, Also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, But we, I haven't said it yet, but we work on online marketing campaigns for businesses and products usually in the context of launch campaigns which some people may not use that terminology but basically promoting to get in front of target audiences get more prospects and ultimately get more customers using things like social media platforms I mentioned paid advertising campaigns and the legwork, the strategy, and the uh, thinking behind what will work effectively and what actual tools and technology to utilize. So um, yeah, marketing campaigns to get customers, get prospects, have conversations with the target audience that they want to get in front of. And what is the name of your business again? Web Immerse. And where are you located? What area? We're in the greater Washington, D.C. area, even though we do business nationwide and globally. Okay. That's what I wanted you to say. (laughs) I I didn't want to say it for you, but I wanted you to say it. Especially with now that we have technology, you can be anywhere in the world and, 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 and have a client. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's usually what uh, most people and businesses want. Well, thank you once again, Kevin, for coming on. You have an awesome day. And come on, y'all. Let's play ball and win. Again, this is Taboo Winslow Morris, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency and author and Confronting Goliath podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Taboo. Thank you.